Hello everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of Everything is Tragic with Hilary Starr. I am your host, Hilary Starr. Welcome everyone. Um, so <laughs> I'm doing my happy dance if you can't see me. I just want to apologize to the people that actually listen to my podcast before they go to sleep. A lot of you guys say that I have like that ASMR voice that's very calm and soothing. But I'm going to tell you guys right now that this episode is going to be a little off the rails because... I'm going to talk about something that really gets me going physically, sexually, emotionally, mentally. We're going to talk about boy bands. If you're watching, if you're not watching the video, I'm wearing my Millennium Backstreet Boys vintage t-shirt that I thrifted in California not that long ago. I'm not going to say the price, but let's just say I paid way too much for this. Um, it's authentic. That's all that matters. Uh, but we're going to talk about boy bands, okay? And we're going to get into the nitty gritty. We're going to talk about all the best boy bands out there because I was obsessed with every single one. Um, I mean, maybe not every single one of them, but there was like a certain level of obsession that I had to these boy bands. And this is the first time that I have notes written out like in full. Okay. Like I really went in depth with these notes and I really thought, uh, I thought everything out in regards to my obsession with the boy bands and and just understanding the psychology, like why are we as women, as like young girls and boys, why were we so obsessed with these boy bands? What was it? What was that fire that was, you know what it was? It was puberty. It was our hormones acting up. We were discovering ourselves as young people and that was our sexual awakening, boy bands. And that was what we went to when we wanted to <laughs> literally like get horny. Like we're going to like really talk about it. So, um... I love how I have kind of like a little intro paragraph and I put, why do we have such a sexual awakening moment when a new boy band arises? What is the psychology behind the obsession with boy bands? And I'm pretty sure that there's like a psychology behind it, like real terminology behind it. But I really just think that it's all hormones. You know, your hormones are flying at that age between like 12 and 15, 16 and so I feel like that's the age where like girls become really into boy bands. Like that's when I became really into boy bands and we're going to get into it. Like we're, I have talking points. I have all the boy bands that I used to be obsessed with and then going deeper into that. So we're going to, we're going to jump into it. Um, so I guess I'll just start off with kind of like the basic intro of like, why I became obsessed with boy bands. There's something to be said about a camaraderie when it comes to finding other people that like the same boy band as you because they are just as psychotic as you. Like when I would find people that loved Backstreet Boys as much as I did, I was like, so you and I are going to be psychotic together. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. <laughs> and so I really loved finding people that liked the same boy bands that I did when I was obsessed with the Jonas Brothers. I was like, I would love to find someone that can share the same obsession with me. Luckily, you know, back then I wasn't as appreciative of having a younger sister. But looking back at it now, I am so lucky that I had a, a little sister to kind of share all of these obsessions with. Like we were both like two unbelievably unhinged children when it came to like celebrities and not even like celebrities but more like boy bands and whenever we would find tv personalities like for me it was dylan and cole sprouse sickening okay that, that was a level of obsession where i can't even put into words like i don't even think a psychologist can figure that out because that was concerning but 
it's there's something to be said about loving a boy band and finding people that love them just as much as you do and you guys it's you know it's cringe but at the same time it's it's one of those things that like it's just such an important part of your development as a young person as like a young girl for me like it was such a big part of my life like my obsession with Jonas Brothers was probably like the most like that was like the peak that was like when I reached the peak of my obsession with boy bands like there were like a few boy bands here and there that I was like oh yeah I like them no but when I hit Jonas Brothers era that was a violent era like I'm talking like wet dreams making out with a shower wall like I know I'm gonna be like really embarrassed talking about certain things uh but I don't care because this is my podcast and I'm pretty sure that there's gonna be people out there that are gonna that are gonna be like oh okay I honestly used to do that too like humping the corners of the bed no yeah <laughs> so we're just gonna get right into it and the first talking point that I want to kind of touch up on I might go all over the place but it's okay But I want to touch up on some of the cringy shit that I used to do um, when it came to my obsessions with boy bands. And I asked you guys this on my Instagram as well. And I'm going to read some of those, but like more towards the end once I finish, you know, my spiel. Um, So some things that I added here were uh, I used to change. (laughs) Okay, so I used to be a closet One Direction fan. I used to not like admitting that I liked One Direction. My sister was hugely obsessed with One Direction talking like reading fan fictions at 1am and like I'd be like what the fuck are you reading and she would tell me some of the weirdest fan fictions that existed that I'm pretty sure a lot of you One Directioners are um familiar with but I the things that she would read like with these One Direction fan fictions I was like no fucking shot that if my mom discovered that we were reading any of this stuff I, she would have lost it. She would have absolutely lost it. Um, so yeah, so we had a Harry Styles poster that my sister had gotten. I think it was at a book fair or from a magazine. I, I think it was a magazine. And so it was in our closet. And since I had like an obsession with them, I didn't want to admit it to my sister. So it was like a very closeted, like, this is just me, myself, and I. It's me. I'm the problem. Uh, so one of the boy band obsession things that I used to do was we had a Harry Styles poster in my closet and I used to change in front of it to make it feel like he was watching me change and I used to tell him I would be like can you stop looking at me like I I, I wish you could get, you can see how much I'm sweating right now at admitting this shit but I'm not kidding like I really had like this fantasy of like Harry Styles watching me change and then like he would like push me up against the wall and like make out with me passionately only for me to like open my eyes and realize that I was making out with a poster board okay so I also had like the fantasy of me sitting in class and like in my mind I would play out like fantasies and like uh daydreams of Harry Styles or Nick Jonas sitting next to me I had a thing for the curly haired boys like for me it was Nick Jonas uh Harry Styles and then but you know back in the day when I was younger sorry email back when I was younger I was obsessed with Nick Carter which was polar opposite of what I was into and what I'm usually into which is like brown hair black haired boys like I was into Nick Carter and he had like blonde hair and a bowl cut but that bowl cut used to have a chokehold on me um so yeah so I used to also come up with 
damsel in distress scenarios where Nick Jonas had to save me and I would act it out in the shower. So, you know, a typical shower routine would be 10 minutes. No, I would take two hours in the shower. I would come out looking like a raisin, but I won best actress. Uh, Nick Jonas would win best supporting actor. Um, for my lead role in my damsel in distress production in my shower um, because I would I would really put on a performance and it always ended with me making out with the wall somehow <laughs> and before I get to the timeline of obsessions I've had I'm gonna quickly mention some uh, like boy bands and like other bands that I had sh very short-lived obsessions with that like were pretty bad but they were so short I'm talking like maybe like a month or like a few months, but no more than a year. Um, I have here Beatlemania. I was into the Beatles. If you knew me back in middle school, you definitely remember when I was in my Beatlemania phase where I was obsessed with the Beatles, guys. Like anything Beatles, like I would find shirts, magazines when they would come, like when Time Magazine would come out with articles about the Beatles, I would get the magazines because they were on the cover. Um, there was that there was the my chemical romance phase that i went through where i was like in, in a mini like emo goth phase but i was also in my beatlemania phase at the same time as that so i don't know if that really worked out i'm not I'm, i don't really remember if i kind of like switched over to goth like it was like for a while because my cousin was the one that got me into my chemical romance um i love their music but i never really got into uh the fandom that much like my cousin and I went as far as like assigning members to each other. Like I had Mikey Way and she had Gerard Way and we gave my sister and her sister like the ugly ones, like the drummer and the bass player, like, you know, all those. And then um, I was into BTS for a little bit, but it was very short lived because I got into BTS when I was like in my early 20s. I was like 22, 23. And then it was like very short lived. It was like, oh, it was like, yeah, they're hot. But I was like, that's it. And then the last one was Big Time Rush. Very short lived. I watched the show a little bit. I didn't watch it too much. And um, I wasn't really into them. I didn't think any of them were cute. I just thought that they were funny. And that was the extent to my obsessive behavior with big time rush kind of died out so now that we got that out of the way i'm pretty sure i'm gonna mention my chemical romance big time rush like all these people like in between these conversations because i'm starting with a timeline from when i was a kid all the way up until the last band that i was obsessed with which was one direction right um so starting in the 90s i was unbelievably obsessed with the backstreet boys trust me it was nothing compared to like Jonas Brothers and One Direction, but it was something similar. And I was I was four when I started liking and listening to their music. And the person who introduced me to this band was my cousin. He had the Millennium album and I think he gave it to me because I owned it for a long time. Like I was listening to it day and night. I would listen to it falling asleep. Um, <laughs> I would fall asleep and the last thing I would hear is, I want it back. But I had the Millennium album and I remember because I had a CD player and I used to play the Millennium album over and over and over again. And then I had the Black and Blue album. I would listen to that always. I've always wanted to go to their concert, but my mom was 
a Dominican immigrant. She had no idea how the United States worked. And I was also four years old. So there was no chance that I was going to go to a Backstreet Boys concert in 1999 at the ripe age of four years old. I remember when the I Want It That Way music video first came out. This was in like 1999. And I remember I was watching TV. I don't remember. It was probably MTV that I was watching this on. I was probably watching it with my cousin because he was way older than me and he was watching, you know, TRL, all these shows, but I wasn't watching those shows. I, I haven't, I didn't really watch TRL growing up, which again, I hate because it's like, it's, it was such an important part of growing up in the nineties and, you know, being a kid in the early two thousands. Um, I always tell my mom, I'm like, why didn't you have me earlier? And she was like, you know, if I didn't have issues getting pregnant, I would have had you earlier. So I would have been a legitimate 90s baby. Um, I probably would have been born in, in like the early 90s, like maybe 1991, if my mom had the opportunity to actually successfully get pregnant with me, but she didn't. <laughs> so my favorite band member of the Backstreet Boys was Nick Carter. I loved Kevin because, you know, he had dark hair. He was so sexy, but I was always a Nick Carter girl. There was something about like his light voice and like his sexy, like his bowl cut. And he was just so cute. I feel weird saying that he was cute. Like back in the 90s when he was like a kid, me being 27 now. And I'm like, oh, he is so hot. But yeah, like this boy band craze was very short lived. Like, um, because like throughout the years, and I'm talking like when I was in first grade, middle school, high school, even up until now, I still listen heavily to Backstreet Boys. I have not stopped listening to Backstreet Boys. And I got my sister into Backstreet Boys. And I finally went to my first Backstreet Boys concert this year. I was over the moon excited. My sister and I were convulsing every two minutes because you go your entire life listening to your favorite boy band or your favorite band for years, decades, and you never seen them live. And the moment you get to see them live, it is such a surreal out-of-body experience. And the funniest thing was that my sister and I were sitting in a section where we were surrounded by people that are veterans of Backstreet Boys concerts. They were people that have been to all of their concerts in the past, and they went to their concerts when they were like 10 years old, nine. And here my sister and I were screaming on top of our lungs and these girls around us, one of them was pregnant. Like they were like sitting and just enjoying the show. It was like they went to go see Celine Dion or something like they're just sitting watching. And I'm like, this is a Backstreet Boys concert. Like we need to be doing the dance moves and everything. Like we can't just be sitting here not dancing. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, so that was an out of body experience that I wish I could relive. I lost my voice for like four or five days after that. Like it was, it was literally the most visceral, like feminine rage that I have felt in a very long time. Uh, the next band that I was obsessed with was NSYNC. Um, and I didn't like them as much as Backstreet Boys, but I did love their music a lot. Not more than Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys has definitely a bigger place in my heart than NSYNC. Sorry. But, um, and I wasn't even obsessed with Justin Timberlake like everybody else was. Like, I was a Chris Kirkpatrick girl. Like, I loved Chris. He was my favorite. I don't know. It was like the dreads. That, that's what got me. I And that's when I should have realized that I had a thing for guys with long hair. Because me and a guy with long hair, that shit, that shit is sexy. Chef's kiss. And um, 
I also have here the day bye 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 came out I reincarnated into a bad bitch yeah the day that I saw the bye 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 um music video drop I remember practicing the dance religiously I tried to find outfits to dress like the girl that was like you know the puppet master and but you know obviously I couldn't find something like that and my mother would never ever let me wear something like that um I remember when everybody was calling Justin Timberlake ramen ramen noodle hair boy or like everybody said that his hair was like ramen ramen hair because he had like the frosted tips and everybody was doing frosted tips and I'm just like listen I was a Britney girl back then so I was trying to get my hair like hers but I was you know had very short hair you could barely put that shit in a ponytail that's how short it was so with NSYNC, like I still listen to them. I still love their music. Every time I see Lance on TikTok, I always get like very like emotional and nostalgic. I love Lance. He's so adorable. Um, but yeah, like same thing with the Backstreet Boys. Like when I see them on TikTok and stuff, there's something that kind of like lives on like in, in your inner child when you see these boy bands with families all grown up, like doing their own thing. But you see them like performing old songs and you're just like, there's something so like weird to process when you see that because you're like I remember seeing you as a kid and now we're all full-grown adults and I'm still losing my shit over you I'll never get over you Nick Carter I will love you forever and ever (laughs) so then we get to the Jonas Brothers fandom era like I cannot begin to tell you how sick actually before I get there I gotta mention some some honorable mention uh early 90s late 90s early 2000s boy bands that quite didn't make the cut for me but i still listen to their music we got new kids on the block there was a few songs that i like of theirs boys to men water runs dry best song i've ever listened to um westlife dream street take that 98 degrees hansen hello these are some bomb ass boy bands that like yeah even though they weren't at you know in that tier of like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC they were still pretty good boy bands you gotta admit it was like for people that really liked boy bands like if you really had a love and a passion for boy bands you listened to all of them because they all pretty much sounded the same so now moving on to my Jonas Brothers era this is an era where I I I have right here this is where my obsession for boy bands reached its peak and intensified this is like reaching climax guys like i was so unbelievably like feral at this age when was this 2006 this was like sixth grade how old was i in 2006 hold on five six seven eight nine two thousand one two three i was like 11 i think yeah i had to count on my fingers and what i count on my fingers still i had tutors every year for math i'm not good at math i'm gonna count on my fingers okay don't judge so i was about 11 when the jonas brothers first showed up in that garage and blasted year 3000 and i saw that on disney channel and i was like who the fuck is this do you guys remember the year 3000 music video and i laid my hazel eyes on that beautiful curly boy nick jonas Eh. (laughs) he was always my favorite uh joe jonas was my favorite because he was so funny and he reminded me of myself and i was like okay great minds think alike but and then kevin was like there um 
but Nick Jonas was always my favorite because he was like the shy, sexy, mysterious. And I was like, who is this guy? And like, he would never say a word. And so it left a lot to my imagination. So when I would daydream about him, I could come up with anything because I had no idea what this guy was like. So I was like really picturing him in my mind. Um, so when I first saw the music video for Year 3000, I saw it with my cousin. I remember I went to go see my family when they lived in Florida and we saw the Year 3000 music video and we were watching it over and over and over and over. Sorry, my dogs are making their way into the living room. Um, but yeah, we were watching it over and over and over. And if it wasn't that, it was the Meet the Robinsons music video. And if it wasn't that, it was also Poor Unfortunate Souls. Oh my God, it's poor unfortunate Jonas. And like, there was something about the way Nick Jonas sang where he was like, yeah, and it's There is something to be said about his voice. It, it was an octave that not many people could reach. Maybe birds, dogs, or other animals, but Nick Jonas was the only person that could ever hit that, yeah, like at the perfect pitch. And like, it's, it was always, it always got me. And this is the boy band that I had the most memories with because, you know, this was 2006. I was in sixth grade. This was when I was starting to really discover myself as a young girl, having more and more daydreams and fantasies about boys. Like when I had crushes in schools, I could escape and fantasize about these boys that I had this impression that they were the most humble and like genuine boys out there like the fucking boy bands like please they're fucking players okay also side note there is something to be said about parasocial relationships between us as boy band stands and the members of the boy bands like it was a very toxic relationship and that's something that i will get into when i get into my one direction boy band uh stand phase because y'all are fucking vicious because me could never be me but i have seen some violent directioners like saying the worst shit to like when who was dating who was it when like when kendall jenner and like harry styles were dating not gonna lie i said fuck you to that bitch too but you know like like people would just go so hard on these celebrities for like dating and like yeah i stopped liking the jonas brothers after they got married but that's what that's what the grown person does okay you leave that behind you say be on your merry way wish you the best you don't wish these celebrities significant others harm okay i did the mature thing and i was like all right you're married I'm a dip. I'm not going to love you anymore. There's something about me and celebrities or, you know, artists, actors, when they get married, I lose interest in them. <laughs> I don't know why. There's just something about them being single that like gives me the random hope that someday maybe I might have a chance with them. And I'm fully married, by the way. So anyways, back to the Jonas Brothers. So I would listen to a lot of the music on YouTube when YouTube started becoming a thing and they started uploading music videos on there. And also LimeWire. For those of you fossil fucks who used to use LimeWire, you guys remember when you would download a song, let's say you wanted I Want It That Way by Backstreet Boys and you would download it and it would be like, I want it that way. Music box. <laughs> And the music sounded so grainy. It sounded like there was sandpaper being rubbed against your ears. Like, I just want to listen to the fucking song, man. The music was bad quality, but when Nick Jonas said, hello, beautiful, how's it going? I hear it's wonderful in California. That shit, 
that shit struck me <laughs> hard I'll never forget the traumatic day when I uh, heard that Nick Jonas was diagnosed with diabetes. I think he had type 2 diabetes. That shit shook the fucking world. Like that was on J14 magazine, Tiger Beat magazine. You guys remember those magazines? It was everywhere and everybody was like, I acted like he was my boyfriend and I just found out he had cancer. Like I was so fucking devastated. And then he came out with a little bit longer, which was his song about his diabetes and kind of like living with that struggle and I kid you not like I was in the corner of my room crying listening to the LimeWire version so it was like music box a little bit longer and I'll be fine and I'm just like no like they they really made that like a huge thing I don't know if it was like just the public or if it was like their managers or something but I'm like why was this such a huge thing like okay he has diabetes but like they made it such a big deal and I, I feel like it's because a lot of it was like revolved around the fans and me being young I made it a big deal so I'm pretty sure millions of other young fans also made it a big deal so that's why we kind of amplified that but you know he fought through it and that's, that's my fucking daddy right there I mean not anymore because he's married so I don't really love him anymore like that but I'm a little petty about that but anyways so um I also have here that I used to have many wet dreams about them. The live streams, okay? If you are a true Jonas Brothers fan, do you guys remember when they used to live stream on YouTube? I don't know if it was on YouTube. I think it was this, what was it called? Was it called Tiny Chat or something? It was one of those chat rooms and they used to have live streams and they would actually talk to their fans. And I feel like this was when a, like, I feel like they are the mo one of the most relatable boy bands because they connected with their fans on such a personal level. Like, you know what it's like to be touring and doing all this shit, but then getting on a live stream and talking to your fans? Like, you don't see that happening anymore. I, I mean, there are celebrities like Doja Cat, etc. that will go live on Instagram and stuff, but to get like really personal like that where it wasn't like they were just talking and not you know, like we're like celebrities like Doja Cat, Nicki Minaj, when they go live on their Instagram stories, they're not always like solely interacting with the fans. It's like they're talking about stuff. They read like one question. They bring one person up. But no, the Jonas Brothers were like in it. And they had like these cringy ass like videos that looking back at them were so <laughs> cringy. But looking back at it now, I mean, obviously like it was cringy, but they were so funny when I was growing up because I was obsessed with them and anything they did was hilarious to me. My favorite video of them was, uh, oh, how the tables have turned when they literally just picked up a table, turned it and then put it down. And Joe was like, oh, how the tables have turned. Do you guys remember that? Oh my God. I also have here when they, um, they went on Camp Rock. Oh my God. This was, this was when they reached a point of fame where it was like, okay, you guys done fucking made it because they were on Disney Channel now and they had, um, remember when they did Send It On with Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato, Poot Lovato, and uh, Miley Cyrus, they did that song Send It On when it was like about saving the trees, you know, surprise, our earth is still dying, but at least they sang a song to kind of help the process, but they did that uh, Camp Rock, let me just say this right now, acting was not their thing 
nor will it ever be their thing because I also watched when they were on, when they had their own show on Disney Channel, Jonas, do you guys remember that? And that was also, no, kill it with fire. Like, I'm so happy that that show didn't continue, but I used to force myself to watch it because it was the Jonas Brothers and I hated everything about it. Like the plot, the house that they lived in, I was like, it's like they're forcing them to look famous, but it just looks so cringy. Um, it looked so bad uh, and then that kind of ended and I was very happy and pleased to see that but then um, they also guest starred on an episode of Hannah Montana do you guys remember that episode that was when they sang uh, everywhere we are anywhere we go everybody knows we got the party with us anyway like that was that that song was like my song for the summer of like 2000 and what was it seven eight when they went on and i remember i used to hate miley cyrus because that bitch got a little too close to nick jonas and that she was pissing me off was it nick jonas that she was dating or was it yeah no it was she like dated him for a little bit and that that shit had me fired up i couldn't watch hannah montana for a while so like i understand at that age where like the parasocial relationships kind of take a toll on you like you have no choice but to feel like you have this relationship with someone that has no idea that you exist but i thought that he knew that i existed because in my dreams i i existed a hundred percent and he wanted me and i didn't want him um what else did they have uh they had the disney show uh and then my mom to finish it off with the jonas brothers my mom was gonna surprise me with tickets to their concert and then they broke up that that was that was my that, that that was like a very fun way to end the Jonas Brothers fandom era for me was the fact that my mom was going to surprise me with concert tickets and then I find out that they break up um oh I also have the fact that you remember when they had that purity ring thing going on where they had purity rings and the media was tearing them apart I'm like why do y'all have an issue with people simply saving themselves for marriage and they were like making fun of them. There were like skits done about them. Like all these tabloids, like uh, what was it? Chelsea Handler used to make fun of them. Um, all these talk shows used to make fun of them because they wanted to be pure for their wives. Like what the fuck is wrong with that? And so I feel like the end for the Jonas Brothers kind of started when Kevin got married and then it kind of like dwindled down and then they came back and they're fucking doing the damn thing. And then they also came out with like a docu-series in 2000 and was it 19, 20, 2020, something like that. Like I watched it and I got a better understanding for like why things happened, why they kind of broke off, but then why they came back together. And honestly, I'm rooting for them. I really am. I'm not a big fan of them anymore. I don't listen to their music. Um, I listened to a little bit of Nick Jonas when he was doing like his solo career. Solo career. But I, uh, sorry, I was... <laughs> I was referencing um, SpongeBob. There was like an uh, the, the episode of SpongeBob where um, where the, the striped sweater episode. I don't know why, but he says solo record. <laughs> I don't know why that stuck with me. I just had to say it. Um, I also have here that they were in the Disney Channel games. Do you guys remember when Disney Channel used to host this like 
wish version of the Olympics where all the cast, like the cast members from every single Disney Channel show used to be on this. And it was the best thing in the world. Like the cast of High School Musical, Sweet Life is I Can Cody, Hannah Montana, the Jonas Brothers were there. That shit was amazing. I remember when Arwen and Mosby were um, like hosts for the Disney Channel games. And that was, I'm like, it's the best pair to host something like that because they were just so fucking funny um and yeah that's kind of where my era my Jonas Brothers era died down I'm still a fan I still listen to their music I still you know dabble in the the oldies of the Jonas Brothers but I don't really look at them now and go like oh you know like (laughs) not like Nick Carter Nick Carter will always be like that one that I go like but even then like now I'm like he's blonde I don't like blonde guys but um Then we move on to the final, the big daddy, one fucking direction. So my first introduction to one direction was my fucking sister because she instantly became obsessed with them and she instantly became obsessed with the one that I liked, Harry. And I hated her for that because, you know, you got to claim your your celebrity your crush when when you're watching a movie a tv show like my sister and i used to do that every time with movies tv shows you you gotta claim your your crush as yours um so you can then imagine them and in your dreams so again my first introduction was my sister she watched them um performing on x factor when they were on x factor and then she started watching their video diaries the video diaries that they would post from x factor they would post it like every week or something and she got me watching them but i was watching them but i was like honestly i'm not that interested it was like uh, kind of like a fan fiction come to life where i was pretending to not be interested in one direction and i was just sitting there like yeah it's kind of funny but it's not that funny like I was 16-ish at the time, and I'm like, I listened to Nicki Minaj and Katy Perry. What the fuck is One Direction, you know? (laughs) And then at night, I would worship Harry Styles in the closet because we had a giant poster of his, and I would just, you know, photosynthesis. (laughs) So I would watch these video diaries with her, and then next thing you know, my sister and I are quoting One Direction every time we're watching these video diaries, like on rant, like even now, we'll quote some of the most random shit that we used to watch on those video diaries um and it became a part of our personality traits 100 percent uh so yeah so i was a closet fan for a very long time up until 2015 um when i went to their concert this was like way after zane left i went to go see them in philly with my cousins and my sister and that was when i realized damn i missed out on a fandom that i could have been a part of and i would have had so much fun in like doing the day like fully submerged in it because I was in it but it was like from a distance like I was standing outside the restaurant everybody was eating inside I was standing outside looking at the menu on my phone and I was like the food looks good but mm, I don't think it's that good but the food was good five star ratings all around you know what I'm saying and I, I I really understood why my sister was so obsessed with them like we would go to walmart and she always had to get the magazines that had one direction on the fucking cover and then when what makes you beautiful first came out the music video i was so disgusted i was so grossed out i was like who in the teas and crumpets is this who the fuck is trying to do that this is not beatlemania trying to invade the united states with their music the 
know, the stupid cowbell music. Like, what? <laughs> I was such a fake ass bitch. Like, when Liam Payne first said, you're insecure, I was just like, I'm not insecure, but if there's one thing I do know I am, is not a fan of thou. So, you know, hop off my dick. And I really pretended like I wasn't a fan, but they came out with that music video and then they came out with their album. They came out with more video diaries. And the next thing you know, it started growing on me. And then the fan fictions started coming out. I can't get too much into it because I never read them and I was never... I, I, like I never got into them and I hate that but I did go on tumblr a lot and I would see like little things here and there about you know Larry Stylinson when um people would ship uh Harry Styles and Louis Tomlinson and then it got annoying after a while because and I noticed that like Harry Styles and Louis Tomlinson like stopped being super like affectionate with each other after people kept making it so hot that like oh they're dating they're dating like they're together and I'm just like why can't y'all just let these people exist without like putting labels on them like it's one thing to like give them ship names like as like a cute joke but then they made it such a big deal that it kind of like lost its humor and it became really annoying um yeah so I so I had a poster we had posters of them I used to rip out pages from the magazines I used to keep them in boxes for myself um I would never tell my sister Every time they would come out with a new song or a new album, my sister would make me listen to it and I would be like, this is so fucking nasty. And I would put it in my iPod the next day. <laughs> like I would go to YouTube, copy link, go to MP3 converter because, you know, LimeWire was gone by then. So I would go to MP3 converter, put that shit in my iPod and I would just blast the music so loud and just feel like I would just get that feeling of overwhelmed, but like in such a good way of um you know you're insecure and uh what else do i have here the lyric videos these videos were so funny to me they were always funny to me because uh they like there was a song oh my god what was it i want to save you i don't remember what the song is called but the the lyric said i can't be your superman but before you i'll something about being superhero and they like painted one direction as like superheroes and oh god i don't know that shit made me cringe so hard but again that's like the perfect age to be cringe um and then they came out with best song ever and i remember my sister and i like practicing for hours and hours the choreography um hoping that one day we would go to a concert and sit front row thinking that we could afford front row seats uh, do the cord, uh, the coordination, the choreography with them and um, they would notice us or not do it, bring a book, read the book front, you know, front and center and act very aloof and very like, you know, I, <laughs> I was forced to come here and that's kind of how I felt for a little bit, but lo and behold, I actually was very much obsessed with them. I'll never forget when Niall said hi to me in a live stream that One Direction was doing one day. Um, I remember I said, I was like, oh, say hi to Hillary. And, and he was like, hi, Hillary. Oh my God, my sister and I freaked the fuck out. I was like, oh, my beautiful Niall. He was always so cute to me. I loved his accent, but I never thought that he was like hot. I always thought that Harry Styles was hot, especially his eras. You know, the eras that he went through, frat boy Harry. I have to look these up because I, I, I remember these vividly. They became like such a big deal. Um, I wasn't super aware of them, but my sister would always mention it. 
she would always mention when harry would go into a new era and i was like what the fuck does this mean okay believe it or not pretty sure you knew there's a website um and it's called the eras of harry styles and it quite literally just shows pictures of harry and then his phases so we have fetus harry which is him like when he like even before x factor like baby harry styles um oh my god this picture of him with a jack willis shirt my sister used to always like every week change her lock screen of like harry styles photos and she would always make me look at these pictures with her and i'll be like oh he's so ugly <laughs> but deep down i was like oh he's so cute and she would always watch like i i, I would watch them with her because i just at that point i couldn't resist and then it was revealed that i was actually a fan of one direction and i just couldn't contain myself and we used to watch funny moments uh, with one direction like every week or something and these videos had like millions and millions of views uh then there's take me home harry which was for the take me home um era where he would wear like a bunch of rolling stone shirts you know um it's giving like he has a home in the hamptons with his family then frat boy harry this was honestly the sexiest era this was when i really i think this was when i admitted to my sister that he was actually really handsome i was like he's actually kind of cute and then he also became my lock screen this second photo was actually my lock screen that one right there i don't even know if you guys can see it that well let me try to zoom in a little bit so you guys can see this photo right here yep that one right there frat boy oh the one of him looking back hello focus the one of him looking back oh, with the hair you know what it was he just looked so tan and so good and you know what else felt kind of weird the reason why i didn't really want to admit my love for one direction was because they were approximately like my age we were, we're like really close in age i think harry and i are the same age and I just felt weird liking someone my age. Like, I wanted them to be older or, you know, like slightly older, but not. Sorry, they're doing work outside. And of course, they're doing work on the day that I'm shooting an episode for my fucking podcast. There was also Bandana Harry. I'm sorry, but he looked like a homeless man in this era. It wasn't my favorite, um, but a lot of people seemed to like it. And it was it was definitely an era he was hot he was still cute um i think this was this was also the era where he was wearing a lot of chelsea boots and like the really skinny jeans like he looked really hot then we have prince hair harry which um i didn't like this era he had a oh <laughs> i was like what does this even mean it, like prince like he's like some prince charming like some victorian era king or like prince in like you know, in some periodic drama like that that's what it's giving he had that periodic drama hair and then long hair harry where um he really grew his hair out and honestly this era oh my god i have to change my underwear like five times a day <laughs> i'm kidding but no he looked really good in this era and then there was dunkirk air, uh harry where when he was in dunkirk do you guys remember that oh my god sorry my phone just flipped but I watched Dunkirk like three times because he was in this and I was already a fully outed Harry Styles lover um and then that was kind of it but then this continues live on tour uh this was like when he was already like in his solo era his fine line era and then quarantine Harry 
these he looks like a fucking dad um yeah and that's pretty much it so i am a full harry Styles stan i went to go see him in madison square garden back in uh, september was it september god damn we're really in december aren't we yeah i saw him in september with my sister i surprised her with floor tickets um and I, I wish I didn't drink so much. I was so drunk. I really don't remember the concert that much. And it, it pisses me off. But at least I have videos. So I remember some of it. So I went to actually see One Direction in 2015 when Zayn had left. And I was so upset at Zayn for leaving. But then after time went on and I matured and I became a grown girl, I understood why he left. I understood why there was such a rift in the in the group towards the end and like the whole thing with Liam do you guys remember when he went on um Liam Liam Payne's when he went on Logan Paul's um podcast (laughs) you said it was over you said it was over (laughs) so to wrap up this One Direction era um and the boy band era it's it's very sad for me to like kind of sit back look back at all this and kind of realize damn like I really had such a great time during these eras and the one direction era is kind of like the most comforting one because it's the one where i was a little older i was driving you know i used to listen to their music like driving to school it was a lot more memorable like i remember a lot of it because it was pretty recent um and it, it was such a fun time like thinking back to these boy bands and it's it's one of those things that like you know don't ever feel like you can never listen to your favorite boy bands at your age you know at your grown age of 27 or 35 or even 40 like you know listen to new kids on the block as much as you want listen to boys to men and one direction who the fuck cares i'm gonna listen to one direction when i'm in hospice when i'm in my elderly care like i'm gonna ask please put me with the elderly people that listen to one direction please like that's that's where i want to go um, I even got Andrew into One Direction when we were dating and uh, he loves One Direction too. He won't admit it, but he loves them. But I asked you guys to tell me um, some embarrassing things that you guys used to do to fulfill your daydreams and your fantasies when it came to your obsession with boy bands. So I'm going to read off a few of these and just um, just respond to these. And I, I can't say shit because I used to do probably the same things that you guys used to do, if not worse, things that I probably will never speak of on here. (laughs) Okay, so for the first response to the question, um, (laughs) does naming five guppies after the members of Backstreet Boys count? Nick ate the rest. Um, Well, if you don't know what guppies are, guppies are like tiny fish, um, I think. And Nick ate the rest. So that just goes to show that Nick was always the top member of Backstreet Boys. And that was just a sign that your fish were telling you that Nick Carter was always and will always be the top member of Backstreet Boys. And that's that. I mean, I, I don't make the rules. <laughs> um, okay, one time I laid out a blanket in front of my room and had a picnic <laughs> with a poster <laughs> with a poster of Aaron Carter. <laughs> First of all, rest in peace to Aaron Carter. That, that shit tore me from the inside out when I found out he died. But this shit killed me when I read this, uh, when I read it in the comments, um, 
I'm just picturing someone like actually like just laying down like you got home from school, you showered, you had dinner, you ate, you did your homework and now it's time for you to unwind, relax, do whatever you want to do. You know, you could play with your DS or play with your Game Boy depending on the era and um, you know, you chose to lay out a blanket and just kneel in front of in front of this poster and have like a little picnic like what did you what did you have like mac and cheese and and crackers and all that good shit um my girl nicole concilio said kiss my nsync poster before bed and yes i'm calling you out by name girl um because yeah i used to do the same thing i used to dribble and drool all over that harry styles poster and i used to touch the penis part to feel something um that's not something that i'm proud of saying but i'm just admitting it just so you saying that you kissed your nsync poster doesn't sound as bad as what i used to do to the posters um but yeah i mean you, you gotta kiss your posters goodnight. i used to do that with every single poster i had even if it was like a magazine ripout. i used to be obsessed with josh hutcherson i used to kiss that one i had one of ed sheeran i used to kiss that one i had one of the beatles i used to kiss john rango paul and george every fucking night um it was a ritual honestly uh next one i would pretend that i was miley <laughs> this is my friend i would pretend that i was miley cyrus and act out i was dancing with nick jordan <laughs> i don't know I, I, like and the most disgusting part of this is the fact that i used to do the exact same thing because I, I'm pretty sure that Nick Jonas and Miley Cyrus were dating for a short period of time. And so I used to pretend like I was Miley Cyrus too. And I wouldn't dance, but I would definitely like act out scenes. I would put scenarios, like I pr pretend like I was, you know, Hannah Montana, like after a big concert, I would take off my wig and be like, oh, I had such a stressful day at work. And he would have coffee for me and I would like play with his curly hair. I would put gel in it and then we would have sex and make out. But then we would always end up getting food or dancing and getting back on the tour bus to go to the next city for the next show. Um, so we had a very fun filled day. It was always full of activities. And uh, that's as far as like my fantasies would go. Like my fantasies were always very well played out. They had actors, actresses, you know, supporting roles, great uh, role playing and scripts. And there was a storyline, an introduction. There was a problem introduced, you know conflicts resolved you know fan fiction in my head wasn't just fan fiction you know it was a performance it was a movie premiere i would wake up i would sometimes be able to manipulate my own dreams so i can actually incorporate these celebrities into my dreams and the dreams would go successfully like i would have some of the best dreams with my favorite boy band members ever because i had the power <laughs> this is probably one of the most unhinged ones um <laughs> but it's similar to something that i used to do too i used to keep a box under magazine ripouts of like celebrities and artists um but this one says hang the poster right next to my bed and have conversations with them <laughs> you just got home from a very stressful day at school and you're just laying in bed and you're just like yeah that bitch jenna she wouldn't let me keep her friendship bracelet that she gave to someone else but honestly it belonged to me what do you think honestly same <laughs> next one i have made a dance routine and performed it for my school for the talent show i reached out um to the person that sent me this and they said that uh uh they performed boys to men and honestly that's like one of the best ones that you can perform 
uh, for a talent show. And she said she lost, but you know, at least you did it. I would not have, I would have never had the balls to do something like that because I would just, I just would never be able to, I'm not, I'm not brave like that. I can't do that. Um, next I would get invited to parties and bring a tape we recorded from TRL with Bye 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 on it and lose our shit in front of the TV as if we were watching them live front row. So my, my question is, did you bring this to every place you got invited to? Also, that is some lucky shit that you would continue to get invited after bringing a tape the first time and you're like, guys, we got to watch this. And it's like the TRL performance and you guys are all losing your shit. They're like, we got to invite this girl back. She's got to come back because she, she's got the good shit. <laughs> she, she got the tape. This one is like, if you never did this, did you ever have an obsession with a boy band member or a celebrity? Um, this one says, fight over which one was my boyfriend with my cousins. Also fight over who got to be which love interest in the music videos slash movies. If you did not do this with your cousins, especially your cousins, y'all do not have a relationship because my cousins and I, we used to always fight and my sister, we used to always fight over who got the hottest one. I always had like the mid, my sister and my cousin who were the youngest, they always got the ugly ones. Um, and sorry, but I don't make the rules. <laughs> this one also sounds a little unhinged, but I love it. Had a full binder with every magazine they would come out with. Wouldn't even read the article. Now, I wonder what group you had you, you had an interest in that you would get, you would have a full binder full of magazines. It had to be like, either Jonas Brothers, One Direction, like Backstreet Boys, like one of the big ones, because that, that's a lot of magazines if you put it in a binder. Um, this one is like the most simple one and like the shortest sentence, but it was the most, you know, passionate. And it said so much while saying so little. Cry at the TV, lol. Honestly, I, <laughs> there's probably nothing more concerning to a parent than walking in on their kid crying at the TV at a celebrity and just wondering, how do I fix this? Do I even bother intervening in something like this? Um, when I was younger, I used to be really obsessed with Dylan and Cole Sprouse. I think I mentioned this. And my mom prevented me from watching The Sweet Life Zack and Cody at one point because I used to actually like sit really close to the TV to really feel like I was in the show with them. And, um, you know, it was a, you know, it was, it was a moment. It was a, it was, it was a time to be alive. And this last one is my sibs and I would reenact concerts for our parents. Our go-to bands were Hanson and Backstreet Boys. Now performances are, it's like one of the requirements of like, if you're going to like a boy band, you gotta do performances. You gotta learn the choreography to the music videos, to the, the dances, the performances that they do. It's a part of the fandom. If you're not learning choreography, you're not in it. Get the fuck out of here. So I learned choreography to Backstreet Boys and Sync, all the good shit, you know. And I'm still fat, but that was, you know, it was a fun time. <laughs> and that is pretty much gonna do it for this episode. I had so much fun doing this episode, getting to talk to you guys about my obsession with my favorite boy bands. I'm sorry that it wasn't in my usual low tone, my ASMR voice, but hopefully for the next one, depending on what I'm talking about, uh, it'll be just as exciting and I can be a little more mellowed out unless you guys like this unhinged 
and uh, very like obnoxious voice. But thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. If you guys have any episode ideas, you guys can always reach out to me on my social media platforms and let me know what you guys want to see. Love you guys. Peace.